Grace, mercy, and peace be from God our Father and our Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. It's good to be here again. And certainly we are in the midst of Lent. And we're learning about the view of God's mercy. And tonight we're going to learn a little bit more about His mercy in our temptations. You know, one of the biggest reasons that causes automobile accidents is that of a distract driver. In other words, maybe a driver who's driving along and then he has somebody as a passenger and they start talking and next thing you know he's turning in his head and he's not seeing the road. Or that of someone that gets drowsy and starts to lose focus on the road ahead. Or maybe in the fact that may have dropped something like uh, some food or a drink or who knows. But then they're reaching down. I mean, that's happened to you, haven't it? And you're reaching down and guess what? You're not looking at the road. We lose focus on the road and the task at hand. But most frequently, distractions for drivers in the car is that of cell phones. How about it? Cell phones. And the worst is when you get a text or an email or a probably a phone call and your ringer's ringing. Again, Distraction. And this can be devastating, these distractions. You know, I'm showing a man up there looking at his cell phone, the text, but you know, I got to be equal. You know, there's equal, you know, as far as men and then women, I, I have to share something too. I don't know how women, they, they're masked. They're multitaskers. I mean, look at this. There's four things she's doing. I just, it's amazing. If this isn't distraction, I don't know what is. You got to be careful when the moms are out driving those kids. But you know, they got a lot on their minds, I'm sure. But it creates oftentimes dangerous situations. In fact, over 400,000 people get injured in accidents, automobile accidents from distractions. And 4,000 individuals die from these distractions here in the United States. You know, there is another kind of distraction that is deadly. It's a spiritually deadly thing that results in eternal destruction. You know, that is when we are distracted away from the things of God that he has for us. His way, his righteousness, his plan for us. And you know, we lose that way when we get distracted Distracted from the world, by the world, distracted 
certainly attention of that of our own self-desires. It's an enticement in a way that we find that's called, the Bible says, temptation. And during this Lenten season, we seek to focus on Christ and his cross. But so often, we can be distracted in this life, can't we? We can find ourselves busy. Things cross our path. We find the cares and the concerns of life that direct us away from from God. It happens. And it's probably happened to every one of us here tonight. This evening we consider the reality of temptation in our lives and we seek God's power to overcome temptations. And so we look at Paul's writing to the Corinthians tonight and we learn some important things to help guide us to escape temptation. There's three insights that I'd like to cover with you. And the first is this. We must recognize this. Temptation is persistent. It's all around us. It hits us almost daily, crosses our path. The Apostle Paul makes his point in verse 12. He says, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. In other words, don't let your guard down. Don't let your guard down. Temptation will catch you. It will catch you when you least expect it. The reason temptation is persistent is because The tempter is persistent. Satan and his demonic minions. And they will do anything to seduce you to sin. You know, when sin happens, we find ourselves farther away from God. It tries to draw us. And you know, that is something Satan loves to do. It's real. It's there. You know, in our text, St. Paul's was alluding to the fact that in ancient Israel, they, the Israelites, were tempted. Tempted with idolatry, sexual immorality, discontentment, and frankly, rebellion against God. And then we notice is the persistent Satan, he gets Jesus who is out into the desert 40 days without food, and guess what? Satan shows up, and he he tempts him not just once, twice, but three times, and yet Christ overcame. Even today, Satan is persistent towards you and me. Temptation of the flesh. He tries to appeal to our appetites in this way. In such things as pornography, that of also, I call it recreational pleasures. 
And that goes on in this country. Or you can be tempted by trying to escape the stress and the anxieties of life. And we can do that very easily. And it oftentimes doesn't take much, and that is through the temptations and the addiction of alcohol and drugs. Even social media. I've seen it take kids and control them. They can't seem to live without them. You know, a woman walked into a clothing store and she she looked at this dress that she really, really liked. And in fact, she put it on and someone told her, oh, you look beautiful in that dress. And you know, she was really kind of excited about this dress until she looked at the price tag. It was way beyond her means to afford. Yet this voice in her kept saying, you look beautiful in this. you got to have this. And when nobody, she thought, was not looking, she stuffed that dress in her bag and did not pay for it. And yes, she did get caught. And I want to say this is happening all the time. Jesus says this. Whoops. Jesus said this. Watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, we could go back to this, and this is the ways of temptation. Now, God can tempt us to test us, and that's not a bad thing. But when you look at Satan, the world, and our flesh, oh, we are just, can be victims easy. Again, Jesus says, watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. If you think about why should I pray, this is a major reason in our lives, in our daily lives. Luther's prayer. What's it say in the morning prayer? Keep me from temptation. Now the second Insight of our struggle with temptation is this. Temptation is progressive. Not only is temptation persistent, it's progressive. It starts off small and it can grow and grow and grow until it becomes deadly. In verse 13, Paul says, our text says that temptation has the potential to overtake you and me. As I said, temptation starts off oftentimes subtly, but then it grows in destructive power. I can say that you can take the example of adultery, how something where maybe two people are together at work, and they work alongside each other, and they, 
They seem to get along, and then you think, ah, no harm, no, no foul. And then, and then how the more you talk together, they, all of a sudden lust might come into their minds and hearts. And says, wait a minute, I got this under control. I got this under control. I can handle this. And then they find themselves with a one-night fling. And then it turns into something more. Hey, just try it. Everybody else does. That's what sometimes people hear and think in the world. And so they find themselves entangled in sin. And it's destructive as it destroys marriages. It entraps you, hooks you. Now, maybe this is not something as as heavy as that of adultery, but I want you to know something in which I have problems with temptation. And maybe you do, too. Well, I have this temptation of potato chips and ruffled potato chips. Oh my gosh, when I see these, I am just, I can't, I can't stop myself. And guess where these potato chips are always at? Right in the back right there in the center aisle, past, it's just in the back part of the registers. I mean, I love my potato chips and ruffle potato chips. And in fact, I, you know, I, I, they say you can't eat but one. It, I can't. Oh, excuse me, it just got... It got Control of me, I'm sorry. Now, I'm going to say this. When I get a bag, my wife's not around, by the way. But I get a bag, and, and you know what? I'll eat half of a bag. Now, they're not maybe this big, but they're close to half a bag. And then then later at night when my wife goes to bed, I'll, I'll get one. I'll get it back out, and I'll we'll finish it, my friends. How many of you have this problem? We got some honest Joes here. But yeah, you start small, one, and then next thing I know, I'm eating the whole bag. Start slow, subtly, and progresses, and it snowballs, and it destroys. You know why it can destroy? You know, it destroys me and my health. Listen, that's, these are not healthy for you. If nobody, if you refuse to read that and believe it, I'm sorry you're wrong, but boy, they're good, aren't they? Anyways, we are to keep our body, you know, it is a temple and take care of them. You know, so far, I have to say, I've kind of not sounded very hopeful to you tonight. But I want to say something. There is, in fact, hope for you and me. Because not only is temptation 
persistent and it is progressive. But victory over temptation is possible. Yes, the victory over temptation is a promise that we receive in our final verse this evening that Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10. He says, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Victory is possible over temptation. And certainly right now, it's because of Lent and what it's all about. Lent is about Jesus. Lent is about Jesus and how he conquered temptation and sin. Note in this verse here what it says. It says, God is faithful. Okay? And then he says, He will also provide the way of escape. And then what is it? beginning more he says he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability hey Lent is about the focus of Jesus our Lord and Savior he he our God you know Jesus was tempted in all respects that we have in our lives yet that's where the, uh, the comparison stops. The difference with him is, as we learned from Paul, he was yet without sin. He assumes the penalty of our sins, our submission to temptation. He did this by suffering and dying on the cross, thereby paying the wages of our sins and his death. In Christ, we have this victory over temptation in two different ways. First, we fall into temptation and succumb into sin. How important it is then for us to repent. And that was something that was already shared at Ash Wednesday. But repent and we receive the forgiveness of sins. We receive his mercy. He pardons us and he restores our relationship. He restores it in our relationship with our God and Father. This is what text means when it says, with temptation, God will also provide the way of escape. The text says even more. And he says this, that God will also provide you the ability to endure endure temptation we need that endure it is through certainly God's word as we're in his word we dwell in his word Holy Spirit works in us and the power that allows us to endure endure temptation it allows us to keep our focus on his mercy as it says here We fix our eyes on Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So as we travel through our life, let our eyes be fixed on Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Yes, we will face temptations, 
but let us keep God's mercy in our sight, in our heart, in our actions. Christ has overcome all distractions of this world, all the distractions of sin and the power of the devil. Let us stay in his word and know that he is faithful and will provide an escape from the treachery of temptation. Amen.